to dwell not just around us, but dwell within, within us. So, Lord, we give you this time and let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my strength, our strength and our redeemer in Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. You may have your seats. As Pastor Wendy said, we are wrapping up this season's um, teaching series, and I'm going to end with fall. So if you are taking notes on this, we're going to be talking about fall. We're talking about fall. Now, some of us remember it used to be called autumn. Anybody remember that phrase, used to call autumn? The only difference is autumn is a British term. They both mean the same time of the year. Autumn, fall, they are the same time. But we don't want to forget about the fact that there is a difference between what we often call harvest. Harvest and fall are not the same because fall is going to happen. But if you have not planted, you have no harvest. If you have not planted, you have no harvest. So fall is a season, but harvest is the act or what it is we receive. Now, I'm not about the theatrics, and I don't want to sound negative, but... I'm going to ask y'all to say two things today, and then I'll be done as far as asking y'all to repeat anything. But I want to ask you a question first, and I want you to ask yourself this well. Why am I where I am? Why am I where I am? So y'all say that. Why am I where I am? You are where you are because of the choices that you made. And the choices that you continue to make, even you out there on social media, we are where we are because of the choices we made. Probably from the, when I was five, six years old, I didn't make any choices. None whatsoever. As I got to be 15, 16 years old, I was given more responsibility. And surely at 18, when I left the house and joined the army, I was making all of my own decisions within the perimeters of the military. But I was making my own choices, when I wanted to eat, what I wanted to eat, what kind of car I wanted to drive, where I wanted to live, even going to school, eventually taking some night classes. Those are the choices that I made and helped me to be where I am, good, bad, or indifferent. So if you're wondering, why am I in this situation, it's because some of us have made some bad choices. Not every choice we made was based upon what the word of God says, based upon fact, based upon principle, based upon it was based upon an emotion or something that we felt like we wanted to do at the time. Anybody can testify to that. We've made some poor decisions. But now it is harvest time. And as the Bible tells us, each of us will reap according to what we have sown. Even as we were talking on yesterday, Everyone will reap according to what you have sown. Even if you, and I know this to be true, I don't care if you can be the worst of the worst people in the world, but if you give money and help other people, God will replenish and give back to you. That is his word. He says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he reap, man or woman boy or girl, whatever you reap, you sow. If we sow, if we sow bad seeds in our lives, we will receive bad seeds in return. But I want to use for a topic today, and this is the other thing I need you to repeat. This is it. This is it. If we are wondering 
why something hasn't happened. As Pastor Wendy was praying, we wanted things to turn out differently. But this is it. These are the seeds that we have sown and put us where we are. This is it. Don't look for pumpkins at a time when you planted soybeans. Don't look for roses when you planted thorns. This is it. This is simply it. But I want to also, in a sense of recapping some of the things that Pastor Wendy had covered, each of us have seasons in our lives. And even though Pastor Wendy and I have been married for almost 20 years now, we are not in the same seasons in every area of our lives. No two people are in the same season at the same time. And likewise, just because you are in a harvest time, let's say on your job, doesn't mean that it's in your relationships. Every season in your life, if you can divide your life and say, well, let me look at my money, let me look at my job, let me look at my family, uh, my neighborhood, all of these different things, they can all be at different seasons all at the same time. But you know, when you put that seed in the ground, you have to continue, continuously cultivate that seed to cause it to flourish and to grow. Remember, seasons overlap and durations may vary. Seasons overlap and seasons may vary. And what do I mean by seasons overlapping? If anyone in here has been married, let's say, for a week. Anybody in here been married for a week? Okay. <laughs> Man. <laughs> okay, wasn't supposed to go that way. Anyway, if you've been married for a week, you are looking at an overlap of seasons. And what do I mean by that? From the time that y'all locked eyes, and then you started courting, then you started dating, then you became engaged, up until the time that you said, I do, that was a season. And when you said, or excuse me, when you walked down the aisle and said, I do, that season, that harvest time is now over. Now that you are married, you are back into the spring. So you have gone from one season to the other. How long your season lasts is completely out of our hands. That part of life is completely out of our hands. One plants, one God gives the increase. He decides when the harvest time comes. We just have to continue to do what we need to do to make it happen. Harvest is associated with abundance, prosperity, and wealth. There's not a slide for that, but abundance, prosperity, and wealth. When we think about harvest, that's what we think about. Still, the farmer, when he goes out into the field, he, whether he's doing it by hand or he's got a tractor, and he looks at his, his, his prosperity, his, his wealth, his abundance, he needs to ask himself or she needs to ask herself three questions. What did I do right? What did I do wrong? And what can I not do better? Now, I, I know I'm talking about farming, but I don't want us to get locked in on plants. And I also don't want us to get locked in on money, that that's the only harvest that matters in life. That is not the only harvest that matters in life, because you can have all the money in you in the world that you want, you desire. But it will not bring you all the happiness. It will not bring you the peace. But the farmer has to ask himself, I'm looking at my crops here and it's like, you know, something these aren't as ripe as they should be. Maybe I brought them out of the ground too soon. Maybe I didn't plant at the right time. Maybe I did not water or give the nutrients or fertilizer that I should have used. 
So they have to ask themselves and we have to ask ourselves when we get our harvest, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? And what could I have done better? I know that I have I've worked pretty much all my life and I can look back on the jobs that I've worked and I can look and say, you know something? I think I had a good attitude as far as how I treated people. But was my heart really there? And did I go on the side? It's like, man, you know something, man? They got us out here working in the heat. They don't want to give us no water. These tools are broke. Man, why are we doing this? Why are we out here doing? Those are things that I could have done better. Because the Bible tells us as all the things that we do, we do as what? As unto the Lord. Unto the Lord. Because you can get one supervisor in and he's like, hey, it's time for me to leave or they get transferred. You get another one in. The work still continues for us. But remember this. When we plant seeds, when you plant a natural, and I'll just use a grass seed. Once you plant that seed in the ground, it's going to grow. It is going to grow. You can't say, oh, well, look. Uh, I need to see some more of that seed that you gave me, and I need I need some more of it because I still have another two two acres over here to plot. And they bring you some seeds like, you gave me grass seed. I was looking for pumpkin seed. But the seed is already in the ground. Nothing you can do about it. There is nothing you can do about that seed being in the ground because if you go back and let's say you plant the pumpkin seeds, the grass seed is going to continue to grow. So let us be very careful about the seeds we plant, because once you plant them, you can't do anything about it. The only thing the farmer can do is, is come by with some insecticide or something and hopefully kill everything. But especially, and, and I'm a living witness, once you speak certain things, you can't, can't take that seed back. This is it. This is it. This is our harvest time. This is it right now but I will say this and bring me up this slide please when you look at what you end up like the farmer what you did right what you did wrong and what can you do better if you don't like your substance then change your seed if you don't like your substance then change your seed if you don't like what you're ending up with like the saying uh, what the uh, what's the definition of um, insanity the same thing over and over again and expect to get different results. Man, why the boss always on me? Because you always late. Why the boss always dogging me? Because you hour and lunch. Why the boss always on me? Because you always leaving early. If if that applies, it may it, it probably does. <laughs> oh man, I'm late. Why? All right. Hey man, let me see that flat tire. Maybe we can fix it here. Oh no, no, I had it fixed. <laughs> yeah, no, you didn't. Because you ain't flat tire. You didn't have no flat tire. But regardless of the seasons, harvest is a time of reflection and revelation. It's a time of reflection and revelation. What could I have done better? We should all be seeking self-improvement. Always seeking self-improvement. What areas in my life can I do better? And I, I remember back in the, uh, in the mid and early 90s when I was taking college courses, I would ask myself, what am I doing to seek self-improvement? And I realized I go back to the campus, back to the office and re-enroll for another class. Always looking to do better. 
But let's look for a passage in a passage of scripture, Proverbs chapter 24, verses 30 through 34. Proverbs by Solomon, chapters 24, verses 30 through 34, if you have it in your Bibles. I went by the field of a lazy man and by the vineyard of a man devoid of understanding. I'm using the New King James Version. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone walls were broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked at it and received instruction. The Message Bible says, I looked at it and it preached me a sermon. You ever look at, I mean, you ever look at trees and it's like, wow, man. You know, that's a message. Look at that tree. But anyway, he says, I looked at it and received instruction. Verse 33. A little slumber, a little sleep, a little folding of the hands to rest. Shall poverty come on like a prowler and your need like an armed man? This is it. This is it. When I first looked at this passage of scripture, going back to verse 30, it says, I looked at of a lazy man. And then I looked at it again and said, but there's also another man, one who is devoid of understanding. So I look at it as being two different people. It doesn't matter if it's a lazy man and a man who's devoid of understanding. The first question I ask is, well, how did they get this land to begin with? How did we even get the things that we have? Because God blesses us with certain things. But now he's saying, now that you have them, what are you going to do with them? Well, I walk by your field. And when I say your field, I feel your life. Because I'm not saved. And I'm wondering, you say Jesus is in you. So I'm looking at your life and what do I see? What do I see? I see that it's overgrown with thorns. And that you're all tangled up in stuff. Every time I turn around, you got a problem. There's something that you got to go do. You can't, you can't do the things. And I don't hear you talking about Jesus except on Monday for a little while, how y'all did this in church and how y'all did that in church. But when the boss asks you, can you work a little late? You always have a reason why you can't stay. He said it was covered with nettles and that's nothing more than thorns or excuse that's vines. But this is it. Why am I where I am? The question I asked you before. Why am I where I am? Because I got a little weary. A little slumber. And notice the word little. Doesn't take much. If any of y'all have ever had roaches, it don't take much. They don't need We Pastor Wendy talked about the ant last week. It don't take much. You turn your head for a second and there they are. You turn on the light and they gone. It don't take much. I'm telling you, we fought them. We fought them. But a little folding of the hands lay to rest. How many times have you seen, uh, and I love my buddies over there. My, my, he ain't looking at me now. But how many times have you seen a parent in a store and they turn their head for just a second and they turn around a little slumber, a little sleep, a little folding of the hands. How many times have you put a pot on the stove and say, oh, I'm cooking. Then you're like, I'm going to run some upstairs real quick. Girl, let me tell you, 
I had some shoes and they were matching. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Go back downstairs. Oh, my goodness. What happened? You done burnt a pot of water. You ain't, you ain't got the dinner yet. A little slumber, a little sleep, a little folding of the hands. But the part I like interesting enough, it says, but it, your poverty comes upon you. And I'm not, again, it's not about money. I'm not talking about the poverty of money. I'm talking about the lack in our lives. Our inability to communicate with people is a form of poverty. Why can't, why don't people like you? Because you're nasty to people. Why do you have so many tickets? Because you don't know how to drive, isn't But it comes upon us like a prowler, like an armed man. Anybody ever been so tired and you're like, I'm going to stay up. I'm going to stay up. I'm going to stay up. But when sleep comes on you, you can't fight it. And right about this time, I would say give myself 15 minutes, your stomach's going to start growling and you're thinking about, where am I going to eat? Because those hunger pains are not going to go away. It's going to come upon you. But this is it. This is it. But understand that in all situations, God when we have a plan. God will provide when we give him a plan. Now, the Bible says, yes, he reigns on the just as well as the unjust. But when we come up with a plan, God says, you know something? I like that. Not that I didn't already know that, but I like your plan. And as long as you can, as we continue to see God, he will give us all the provisions that we need. But provision without a plan is a way. Provision with a plan. Thank God for Pastor Wendy. Thank God for Sister Dorothy and all of those who orchestrated the toy giveaway and, and, and the, um, the, the Thanksgiving baskets. There was more provision. Really, we had a plan, but God gave an abundance. When it came to the provision. But all he was looking for for somebody. I mean, I'm telling you all the testimony. We walked in to food line just for the food baskets. We walked in and had one grocery cart. And we were given a truckload. Literally, the back of my truck was loaded. But what did it take? It took a plan. And we walked into our harvest. And that's and, and, and even for those of you that are watching us on social media, we can say this. We, we don't do everything right, but we, we're always looking at ways to bless others because it's not about us. So that's why when Pastor Wendy talked about sowing into this ministry, watching us is because we have a vision outside these four walls. But this is it. This is it. Second Kings chapter seven. And I want to bring you in on the introduction. Elisha, S-H-A-L-E-L-I-S-H-A. Not the one with the J, but the one with the S-H-A. He gives a prophecy. And he says, by this time tomorrow, by this time tomorrow, a measure of um, flour, I believe he says, will be sold for one shekel. And two measures of barley will be sold for one shekel. And what's going on in 2 Kings is there's a famine that's taking place. 
A famine has taken place, and he's saying, but by this time tomorrow, this will be the price for these very essentials. Because it's gotten so bad, people are buying donkey heads. Anybody had donkey head suit? <laughs> y'all ain't never, y'all people in the Navy, y'all ain't no donkey, who ain't here from the country? You ain't never had no donkey head suit? All right, how about pigeon, how about dove dome? Dove dome. I'm, it's in the Bible. Read the Bible. <laughs> See? <laughs> but these are the, the famine is so bad that they're selling donkey head to eat. They're selling dove dong. And believe it or not, in some places, it is a delicacy. But he's saying this is how <laughs> this is how bad it has gotten. But he says by this time tomorrow, who wants flour? Who wants barley? You can get it for a shekel on tomorrow. So Second Kings chapter seven, beginning at verse three. Now there were four lepers. Again, I'm reading from the New King James Version. There were four leprous men in the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another. Why are we sitting here until we die? If they, we will enter to the, to the city, the famine is in the city, then guess what? We'll just die there. If we sit here, we die also. Can I tell you something? We're all going to live and we're all going to die. But it's a matter of what we're going to do from the time we're born to the time we die. That's going to determine your harvest. But they're saying, if we just sit out here, we're, we're just going to starve to death. We're going to die. But at least if we go into the city, they'll take us captive and perhaps they'll feed us and we'll live. And then the rest of four, he says, now, therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians, as I said, and they will keep alive and we'll live. But if they kill us, guess what? We just die. Now, let me tell you something about leprosy. Is leprosy a disease that people are born with? No, it's not. Leprosy is a contagious disease, not highly contagious, but it's usually spread, spread by bacteria, much like COVID, through coughing or sneezing. You can also catch leprosy if there's prolonged contact with someone who has leprosy. Now, how many of us have gotten leprosy? How many of us have gotten too close to someone who has something we don't want. How many of us have hung around people with a bad attitude and before long we have a bad attitude? How many of us have hung around people who do things that are borderline in the gray area, white lie, and all of a sudden we think it's okay? So how many of us have leprosy? We've gotten too close to people who are breathing out, they are coughing and sneezing, foul things, bad language, bad attitudes. They're even killing your dreams because of their leprosy and because of prolonged exposure in their presence. We've got the same disease they do. We've got the same thing they do. But the story doesn't end there. In verse 8, 
Well, I'm sorry. What happens is the lepers get up at twilight and they go into the camp where the Syrians. And guess what? Nobody's there. Nobody's there because God caused a great noise to come and they thought and was coming against them, the Syrians, and they all just got up, didn't carry anything with them. They all got up and just ran out. So the lepers come into town and in verse eight, second Kings chapter seven, verse eight, it says, and when these lepers came from the outskirts of the camp, they went into the tent and they drank and carried from it silver and gold and clothing. And went and hid them. Then they came back out and into another tent and carried silver from there also and went and hid it. Verse 9 is where it all comes down. And I apologize, Pastor Wendy told me in the lower thirds, that's so small because these verses are so. If it was just Jesus wept, it'd be real big letters. I'm just. <laughs> but I, I see some people just trying to read that, but. It's because it's so long. Pastor Wendy does an awesome job with the graphics. Okay. Then verse 9 is where it's key. It says, then they said to one another, we're not doing right. We are not doing right. This is the day of good news. And we remain silent. This is the day of good news. But we remain silent. First John one and nine, we all know it. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I got a little leprosy. But does that mean that God cannot still use me? If I put myself in a position and say greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Devil, I know you got my leg, but guess what? I got another foot and I'm going to kick you. Don't mess with me. And who is it among us that doesn't have something that's not trying to pull us down and hold us back? Does that mean we quit? You're in, you're in your second year of college of going for four years. Do you wait until you graduate and say, man, you ought to go to college? No, when you're in school and you're going through it, it's like, look, I'm struggling. When I was in high school, it was easy because my mom and dad beat me and told me to go do your homework. I came home, changed clothes, went out and played, came back inside, did my homework, took my bath, ate dinner. It was easy. But I'm telling you, I have such an admiration for full-time college students, those who live on a campus. Because guess what? You can go to class if you want to, or you can stay in the room in the dorm. But guess what? You're in charge of going to class. You're in charge of washing your own clothes. You're in charge of that part-time job you may or may not have to work if mom and dad can't support you. And you got a drunk roommate. <laughs> but it's just not that easy. But just because we have something that's trying to pull us down, because guess what? Every battle is not against you. The battle may be within you. Every battle is not something against you. The battle may just be within you. And that within you may be just simply telling yourself, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. If God is for me, it's more than all the world against me. It's in him that I live and move and have my being. I am of a royal priesthood, a holy nation. 
We've got to tell ourselves, battle ain't always what people say about you, because if you're not listening to them, it don't mean nothing. You don't believe what they're saying about you. So these lepers say to themselves, guess what? We have a leprous, a leprous disease, but guess what? We came in here, now we're, we're living like kings. The devil can tell you, you know something? You shouldn't have done that last night. I tried to tell you not to do it, but you did it anyway. I ain't going to church. I ain't going to church because I did wrong. <laughs> just did different things. Some of us, some of us ate so late last night that we woke up this morning. But you were out in the club. What's what's the greater sin? Any any answers? All have sinned to come short of the glory of God. We can't say, oh, your sin is so far greater than mine. No, no, it's not. But him that knows to do good and does it not to him is sin, is what the Bible tells us. But when we look at our lives, remember, this is it. Now I'm going to, um, I have another passage of scripture, but I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to go to three points. I want to talk about three points. Remember, I said, this is it. This is it. We're looking at our harvest. Remember, this is season. But God gives us harvest. First of all, point number one, you got to have a plan. You have got to have a plan. I've heard people talk so many times and say, man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Anybody ever watch Shark Tank? The show Shark Tank? Walk in there without a plan. <laughs> they will shut you down. Why should we give you some money for this? How many units have you sold? Uh, count my mama. <laughs> Three. <laughs> Three. If you don't have a plan, people are not to invest in you if you don't have a plan. And God is no different. He will love you, bless you. But until you give God a plan, there is no provision. Oh, he will bless you. Oh, Lord. As I told somebody, I think I told the men about a week ago, I have never, in 60 years of living, I have never asked God, Lord, help me breathe today. It's something I, unfortunately, I take for granted that he's going to give me life, health, and strength. But I've never asked God to help me to breathe. But other things, I have to go before him. Otherwise, I'll never see them. So, number one, plan. Because talk is cheap. Luke 14 and 28. Luke 14, 28. I'm not going to read it, but I'll reference it. Jesus tells them, he says, which of you, before he goes and builds a tower, does not first come up with a plan? And, you know, I glanced over this for years and years and years. I was thinking, who of you, before he goes and builds a house, does not first go and have a plan and count the cost. If you, because if you don't have the money and the resources, people are going to laugh at you. But I read it again this morning and it says it doesn't say house. It says door. So what's the difference? If you need to build a house, people understand you got to have a place to live. And if you don't succeed, people aren't going to laugh at you. I mean, yes, some will, but they're not going to laugh at you. But if you start building a tower like Noah building an ark, <laughs> Look at you. What are you doing building a tower? Man, you've been working on that thing for three years. And you got a foundation which is cracked and a couple of rotten boards. But why do you build a tower? Because you're putting your faith in a place that you need to see something that you can't see 
on the ground. Maybe you need to see the troops and where they're coming from. Maybe you need to keep an eye on your enemy. Maybe you need to see your crops. But number one, or my bullets under number one having a plan, is does the plan require God? Does the plan require God getting involved? And I'm telling you, I have borrowed more money from more people than all y'all put together. I borrowed money from so many people so many times. But if I need to borrow money, and there's nothing wrong with borrowing money. That's why we have banks and credit unions for, because we borrow money. Am I right? But if I say, you know something, I believe God's going to do this. Hey, bro, can you give me 10? And can I count you for 15? Can I get five from you? I know you got kids. Uh, can I get five from you? I get five from you. I get, can I get three from y'all? Okay. Did that require God? It's like, Lord, this is what I want to do, Lord, and you show me how to get the resources. Does it require God? Also on the planning, that remember that after fall comes winter. And what happens in winter? There's lack. I think about schools. What if school started in March and went all the way up until November? What if your vacation time was December, January, and February? No, that wouldn't work. You know how depressed we would be? All it did is rain and snow all vacation time. So, but we've got a plan for that time. So that's why we, and that's just my assumption, that's why we go to school in the fall so that we can weather through those storms. And last thing on the plan is, your calling on your life will last a lifetime. Whatever God gave you to do, it will last you from the day you're born to the day you die. Your calling will last a lifetime, but your opportunities are limited. Your calling lasts an off a lifetime, because guess what? You go on the line of them, I want that car. Right? Well, let's see if trade in. Like, fine, the car is still there. If it is there, if it's for the same price. Yeah, God wants you to have the, the transportation, but will the opportunity still be there? Number two, number one, we planted, we planned, now it's time to plant. Hebrews chapter six says, without faith it's impossible to please God. Now it's time to plant. Now it's actually time to put your plan into practice. How do we do that? We pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. We've got to learn how to work when no one is looking. Hey, I just want to let y'all know, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but uh, we just got a word from headquarters. No one pay raises and no promotions for at least 12 months. Well, that's good because I wasn't planning on working here much longer. No. That's the time for us to work even harder. So three months later, when somebody walks up and says, hey, man, I noticed you've been really, man, you are so dedicated. I like the way that you stayed late. You clean up even though the janitorial service is coming. I do know that there's an opening in another department, and I'm going to put your name in. Why? Because you continued to plan even though you couldn't see what it was going to come to be. Helping a neighbor. You know the neighbor that keeps playing their music so loud? Go over there and take their, take, pull their trash can up off the curb. 
You see something in their yard that you know belongs in your yard, go get it. Don't wait over it. And give out always in return. Always give just so we can get this back. I know God's word says that I'm going to reap what I sow. Well, ain't nothing in it, ain't doing it. No. Give even though we don't have anything in return. Then I'm done. Plant. Excuse me. First we plan, then we plant, now we prosper. We plan, we plant, and then we prosper. How do we prosper? The amazing thing is we can continue to water and plant. I mean, water and plant. Water and plant. But God says, you know, something? now's the time for you to, for my name to be God in your life. So what you've been doing in secret, I'm going to reward you in front of everyone else. Not so you can brag about it, but so that you're not like, you know something, Lord? I done gave everybody all this money. I gave these kids these Christmas presents. You know, I've been going over this guy's and mowing his yard. How come, when is something good going to happen to me? When you get your stank attitude, right? <laughs> and that's right out of the Bible. Second Jackson, chapter five. Chapter 5. <laughs> Michael, Michael's an angel. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, but now we're going to prosper. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 and 11. It says that the waters rained and so did the snow. They came and they watered the earth. But they did not return until their work was complete. And God says, likewise, and I'm paraphrasing, likewise, my word that I speak will not return and turn void. When God's word goes out, it does not return to him void. If there is ever any lack in our lives, it's never God's fault. Physically, I'm aches and pains, and the Lord's like, when's the last time you exercised? I believe you, Lord. You better do some push-ups. <laughs> and I don't mean the kind that you lick it. <laughs> ain't talking about no ice cream. Y'all do crunches? Who in here does crunches? I know. I like Captain Crunch. Nestle's Crunch. <laughs> but we wanted... Remember I said, this is it? This is it? I've been abusing my body. I have been abusing my body. And the Lord said, why don't you, you were in the army for 20 years. Don't you know how to do some exercise? <laughs> no, I don't want to. <laughs> but this is it. This is, this is all I have to work with. Unless anything short of having surgery, this is all I have to work with. But if there's any lack, it's not God's fault. There's never any slack concerning God's promises. And the last thing is, God determines, and I said this before, he determines our harvest time. He determines our harvest time. Amen. How many of you all, I, I didn't keep track of time. I probably went over. How many of you all got something out of this? Amen. 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 This is it, y'all. This is it. And, and, and I'll just stress this one point again. If you don't like the substance, then change the seed. If you don't like the substance you're getting, you need to change your seed. And, and you know, the more I thought about it, it's like, do you, if you want apples, do you plant apple seeds? No, you go to the tree and you just get the fruit. 
If it's already there, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Just clean up the weeds and make sure everything is straight. But y'all, this, this is it. This is it. So we thank everyone who's watched us on social media, watching us live, or maybe you, you're clicking on us later on in the week. You know, all of these things.